0: hi there i'm andy a moon chasing manifesting wander lover and feel-good aficionado consider me your woo-woo best friend this show is a sacred space for ideas concepts and modalities that might be considered taboo but that i personally find a great magic in In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hi there, friends. Welcome back to the show. I am really looking forward to introducing you to today's guest. As you all know, if you've been listening to the show for a little while, I recently did a maybe six months or so training with my kundalini yoga master, Guru Singh. If you have ever wondered why some people's glow just never seems to fade, here's a list of a few people whose magnetic radiance and vitality I am constantly just lusting after always. And I'm sure these folks are probably... On your list too, Alicia Keys, Reese Witherspoon, Miranda Kerr, Demi Moore, Jennifer Aniston, Russell Brand, got to have a man in the group, Russell Crowe actually as well, just to name a few. If you're wondering what they all have in common, they are all practicing the ancient yogic practice of kundalini yoga. And You can do it too. There's a lot of ways to find your place in Kundalini Yoga. It's the Yoga of Awareness. And my guest today is Daniela Matos. She is a Kundalini Yoga instructor. She's also a mother, a wife, a daughter, a teacher. She's from Brazil. She came to the US at the age of 19. She started her path studying biotechnology and worked in Wall Street for 12 years after her time at the Rochester Institute of Technology studying biotech. She worked for Bloomberg, LP, and then JP Morgan. And during this time, she met her husband. They got married. They had a couple of children. And she was living that New York City life, managing stress, managing the balance of finding time for personal and professional. And After the birth of her second child, she went through an incredibly challenging period of her life, and she's going to tell us a bit about that. During her journey, she found her way into a kundalini yoga practice. I'll let her share what that path and process looked like for her. Today, she's a KRI certified kundalini yoga teacher. She trained under one of the most renowned kundalini yoga teachers in the world. She also has a certification in radiant child yoga Reiki levels one and two, and also has an astrology certification with Rebecca Gordon. She teaches classes in English, Portuguese, and Spanish. Before we get into the interview, I want to remind you if you're interested in exploring the ancient beauty secrets of the yogis, if you're interested in getting proven results with daily rituals and beauty specific yoga exercises, our challenge over on the Colt Laloon Instagram page. It's at Colt Laloon. Starts on Monday, October 18th. So, this upcoming Monday, we start a five day beauty challenge. We'll be working with yogic technology and the science of human energy to create more radiant skin, to restore and balance our vitality, our energy, and our well being and to reset the mind and relieve stress. We'll be gathering Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific time. We are recording the sessions on Instagram Live, so if you can't join us live, you can still enjoy the challenge at your own leisure. Then on October 26th, 27th, and 28th, We have our three-day workshop, Ageless Beauty, Ancient Beauty Secrets of the Yogis. The class is at 5 p.m. Pacific time, and again, it's going to be recorded if you can't make it to the live sessions. It's an hour each day for three days, and it's a brand new offering in the wee-wee world, and I invite you to join us to learn some of these practices, wellness practices, beauty kriyas, meditations. Breath work, all designed to align to an ageless lifestyle. Without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Welcome, Daniela Matos. Hi, Daniela. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Andy. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. You are, besides myself, you were the first kundalini yoga teacher we've had on the show, and Ooh. I'm fairly new and you are certainly not I just (laughs) finished my training with Guru Singh yeah thank you I trained with Guru Singh through Mm -hmm. his new program called Kundalini University and just finished up this past year and it's just been such a life transformer for me so I'm so looking forward to getting into your story and background
1: yes yeah. let's dive in yeah let's dive in so eventually I want to do this the other way because <laughs> I'm so curious to know what Guru Singh is doing I did look a lot into his website the Kundalini University website yeah. you know and uh, I love Guru Singh from a while back sure. um, and you know I'm just of course I have already had level ones I'm in my working towards my level two now um, but yeah, one day I want to talk to you about
0: that. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he's so magical. He's just such a special human being. And I feel so fortunate to have spent this last, last year with him. And he's actually just launching a new online. So he has come to Kundalini university and he's launching this new online platform called the 13 moons with Guru Singh. And right now it's only available to teachers who have come through Kundalini University, but it's going to be opened up, I think, probably at some point this year to anyone who's interested. And he's teaching new Kriyas each week. And, and it's just all sorts of really beautiful stuff that he's putting onto that platform. And it's brand new. So I'm excited to see where it goes. So you'll have to check it out yeah, for sure.
1: For sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, we start the show with astrology yeah. and We're going to get into it with your sun, moon, and rising. So if you'd be so kind as to share your sun, moon, and rising with us.
1: Yes. And for somebody who most of my life, and I mentioned this in the book, never paid attention in astrology. I lived my life thinking I was a sage and thinking like, this is just so wrong. It doesn't match with me. Well, I'm born on the 21st of December. So I'm right in the cusp, but I'm right in the first few minutes of zero degree Capricorn. So my son is a zero degree Capricorn. And then I have a Taurus rising. Mm -hmm. And I have a Cancer moon. Okay. So, you know, when I back before I have my whole transformation back before I look at astrology the way I look at now. I would think what do they know Sagittarius has nothing or very little because I do have some planets in Sag but I never like clicked on it and then through my Kundalini yoga training there were some astrology enthusiastic and and astrologers and one of these days during training they decided to take a look at my chart and they said oh See, you're not a sage. You are <laughs> a zero degree Capricorn. And then everything made sense. <laughs> yes, that's why I spent so much time in corporate America, because I'm yeah. a Capricorn. You know, I wanna go up the ladder, mm-hmm. right? That's why work was never something like I dragged like a Taurus. I did on my own pace, but I did it. No matter what I had, do I need to hand it something? To you by tomorrow, it's 8 p.m. and I'm not done. No problem. I stay until three in the morning. I will hand you this. I told you I was, I will do it, you know. And yet I had that very emotional side of the cancer. So
0: pretty, pretty wild when you have that moment of, oh, this is actually exactly who I am. And so then you did an astrology certification too. I did.
1: So basically, once I got my kundalini. Um, as a good Capricorn and Taurus, you know, <laughs> rising, I felt because so I came to the Kundalini Yoga in a very unexpected way, it was never something I looked for. Um, you know, it just kind of happened, and we're going to talk about that, but basically. As I was in training, and you probably have noticed that in your own training, there was a good chunk of people in the training that have always been into mystical, into yoga, into, you know, enlightenment. So there was a third like that. Mm -hmm. Then there was a third that, another third that something happened and they bumped into there and, and they came there, you know, but Kind of like not so sure, but they were there. You know, they were kind yeah. of in between. And then there was the other extreme of people, which was something deep, profound happened, and and they it got them into kundalini. So I was in that group, but that also meant that I had no background whatsoever in anything in that in that realm in that world you know i i, I barely had done any yoga you know I, I i knew nothing about astrology so once i finished my course in kundalini i realized again very capricornian of me that i was behind i was behind in my knowledge of astrology because as you know kundalini and astrology merge very well together yeah you know so there are kriyas that you do for the saturn for jupiter you work your moon sign you work your mercury you know and i was like and i know nothing about this so as soon as i finish my certification with kundalini yoga few months after i start my astrology and then it was another two three years that i was taking constantly astrology courses yeah
0: i love it i are we're very aligned and similar in that way. So when I started my Kundalini training, I've, I've got, I've had a pretty good understanding of astrology for a long time, and to a level in which I can certainly be in conversation about components of it. But I wanted to go much deeper. So now I'm doing a certification course. I just finished Guru Singh's training, and now mm-hmm. I'm doing my astrology certification because I wanted to be able to, in my work, be able to go much deeper than the the kind of basics that I felt really comfortable with. And on my website, I have astrology writers that write for Wee We. But I was like, I just want to be able to, I want to know what they know. I want to be able right. to right. step into it like they they can.
1: Right. Th- that's kind of how I felt. And actually, you will see that as you go on, on teaching Kundalini Yoga, that there is so much in sync with astrology. I, I, you know, I base classes and classes on where the moon is and where Jupiter is, where Saturn is, what's going on. You know, it's, it's a beautiful marriage. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful marriage.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. So good. Okay. So let's talk about your story. It's So interesting. And now that I know you're a Capricorn, I'm a Capricorn rising and a Taurus moon. So we have those two. Yeah, we have those things in common also. So now that I know this Capricorn background of yours, the world you came from makes quite a bit of sense. So today you're a Kundalini teacher. You have certifications and quite a few other mystical modalities as well. But your background was you were on Wall Street, quite a different place.
1: Yes. I stayed 12 years in Wall Street about that and before that I was a biotechnologist that's my degree <laughs> so um mm-hmm. extremely skeptical extremely logical mm-hmm. you know um and in my when I look at my map nowadays I see a lot in it I understand a lot of my journey you know It's not that I didn't have this mystical on me, which now flourished a lot more. Uh, I'm very balanced. When you look at the elements in my chart, I have 25% of each of fire, of, you know, water, air, in Earth. Um, Although I do, obviously, my personal planets are more strong on Earth. And, and that's what I, you know, that's what I pursued. That's what I was surrounded in my family. And, you know, once I, I remember very clear, like study and choosing what I want to study and eventually going to Wall Street, I, I it never crossed my mind to do yoga, ever, you know, or anything like it. And I was very determined. I I was, a, a, for most of my, until my, 20s i was a i used to compete in swimming so i practiced and i was extremely fierce competitor you know um all those qualities of capricorn to the detriment of my of my own emotional side of my moon sign because my moon probably was always crying <laughs> complaining you know like wow when are you gonna pay attention on me you know mm-hmm. um and and I went through, I didn't plan to go to New York, Was something that happened after school, I got a job in Long Island and eventually the job moved and I just didn't want to move to this new city. So I got a job in the city uh, that I was already living there. Uh, and most of the jobs in New York City were f- related to finance. So I decided to make this this leap and, and change. And I loved it. I loved it. It was so dynamic so exciting so busy there was never a downtime and there was that corporate ladder that a Capricorn can just love it you know oh is that what I'm supposed to do so this is the path those are the positions I get this is the progression I want that because that's what I do I go up right um and I did that and and for a long time was fantastic. There were moments I felt that something me- was missing. Um, you know, there were moments in my life that I felt empty, but I didn't let that stop my goal. Mm-hmm. And I lived the life of a trading person. So I was in a what we call a sales trading desk. Um obviously I was minority. There were like maybe 20% women, you know. Yeah. So, one of the things that I did very well uh, was to put a mask on my moon sign, looking from the perspective Mm -hmm. of astrology.
0: Yeah.
1: Because being emotional in Wall Street doesn't take you anywhere.
0: Sure.
1: You know, so uh, I was able to speak just as logical, as cold, as precise as I needed to be. And I did that for many years.
0: Well, and that cancer moon is just creative and intuitive and has so much depth. And that's just not what you were likely able to show up as.
1: Nope, not at all. You know, Um, I remember moments that things would take what we call back then the best of me. And I would want to cry and I would go to the Mm -hmm. bathroom by myself because how would I show that? I couldn't, you know, but sometimes that was stronger than me. Um, but I hide it very well, Yeah, you know, to the point that I came to some colleagues, even as an angry person, that I would be more of like the angry woman, that something went wrong, like, you know, um, and, and it's because I was definitely hiding that side of myself that I didn't even recognize the existence, you know, knowledge.
0: So what shifted for you? You obviously are in a very different place today. So what was that moment you talked about in the kundalini training? There's these like three kind of types of folks you'll find in the training. What shifted for you that then brought you not even necessarily to kundalini to begin with, because I'm sure it wasn't the first step was going into your kundalini practice, but something happened and you began to shift and you made a decision to open up to a, a different path
1: yeah the universe has funny fun ways to mm-hmm. crack you open and it was pain it was literally physical pain it was so unbearable that I thought about that I did not no longer wanted to exist and I had just had my son mm. and it was a pain that started on my lower back moved to my legs and they were during the peak of it, literally took my entire body. And I was already in a sabbatical because as I said, the universe goes in a, in a, it really tries to tell you before, you know, I heard this once a long time ago. It said the universe comes and tries to show you away and it gives a little slap on your hand. You don't listen. It goes and does a slap on your face. You don't listen. He knocks you in your face and you don't listen. And eventually he comes with a tractor and he goes by you and passes through you, you know? So So I go down by the tractor. (laughs) So basically, I had all those phases until I got passed by the tractor. Mm -hmm. And so things were already happening. And one day I can even talk about the astrology because I made, I made all that. I, I went and I did the whole analysis of my own chart. But um, things were happening that made me quit my job. You know, I was not, ha- I was not happy for quitting. I didn't want to become what I thought was more of a statistic in terms of mid-women career, having kids, quitting kind of thing. But I was there already. So a lot of things. So the universe was already trying to push me out of that world. But wasn't until this pain take my entire body that I start questioning, why, why am I going through this? It's like, I, 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 and I kept telling myself, I did everything right. I eat right. Mm-hmm. I exercise. You know, I have fun moments in my life with my kids, for instance. You know, I have a beautiful family, a husband. Why I'm in so much pain and I'm 35. What's going to happen when I'm like 60? How am I going to even make that far? So at those moments, when I was really living with pain, when I couldn't stand straight, when I couldn't sit down, when laying down, I, I slept in a chair for 28 nights. Wow. You know, then I start asking the hard questions that we avoid most of our life. It's like, why is this happening to me? Why me? how can life be like that? You know? So that's that, that basically was, that was the trigger being pulled from pushing me into this um, journey that then I started.
0: So you go through that experience and you've slept in a chair for 28 days trying to sort out what is going, what is, what is even going to be next for you? And then what's your
1: next move? So being very skeptical, like I have always been in my life, and I come from a family of physicians, okay, Um, and I study, as I said, biotechnology, I had already exhausted the Western medicine options, Mm -hmm. Um, doing a back surgery for what uh, they they told me was the cause of my pain, which was the hernia, you know, I had multiple hernias, was not an option I, I I knew too well how delicate the spine was to even accept that, you know, so I was like, no, that's not happening. so then I said, well, what what am I left with you know and that's when I decided to go look for the woo-woo weird type yep. of treatments, you know and uh one of the things that bumped That that, that came into my hands a few years before, but that I obviously discharged as being too crazy, too woo-woo, like whatever, this is not true. And I just put the book that somebody gave me about back pain, because I had back pain for many years before, you know, in the shelf and never really looked at it, you know. But because my pain was so ginormous, that's all I had left, was a different way of looking at my pain. So yeah. I went to pick up the book that I had received eight years prior.
0: Wow, it's like just sitting there waiting for you. It's like it literally,
1: did. It literally did. like seven years of a sudden, you know, like a quarter of the Saturn movement. So probably there was there was some angulation that's happening, you know, so then I go there. I pick up the book from Dr. Sarno and and I read it at the beginning of the book, and I said, oh my God, it's for me." This book was reading for me, and I just was not ready. Yeah. So I read the book with a completely different eyes than the first time I got it. That I just like whatever, you know, and that started a chain of reaction from that point on because I understood because the book talks about the feelings that we carry inside, yeah. specifically anger, which I realized I had a lot of, and and how that um, triggers the mind. To protect in a protective way, not wanting you to deal with emotions that make you suffer, to bring in the pain in your physical body. So he, he explained that transformation, how it goes from a feeling, from an emotion to actually a physical, which is exactly the link I was missing, which is the link missing in most of Western medicine. You know, not everybody, but a lot of people miss that.
0: Yeah. And,
1: um. And then I understood the mind was a lot more powerful than I ever gave credit to. And I'd start diving in. Mm.
0: So what brought you to Kundalini and tell me about your training?
1: Oh yes. Um, so kundalini was not the first thing I looked, you know. I definitely did mindfulness, then did metta, then did Yoga Nidra. And in one of my Yoga Nidra, uh I don't know if you're familiar, you just lay down, cover your eyes, get a blanket. And the instructor is telling you all those like, feel your big toe, your second toe, you know, doing that body awareness, which is great, especially for somebody who was having so much pain like me. But like many other people, what happens in a yoga nidra class is that you really start diving into your subconscious mind, and some people just fall asleep.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I would say that I I was in those. Theta waves, you know, I was in between uh, consciousness, like levels of consciousness, an altered state, I would say. And I had a vision. And I had this beautiful vision that I was in this very dark place, standing, and this serpent, a green serpent, serpent, rises from this nothingness. And I see it coming, curving, like moving like a serpent does, standing up until it stays right in front of me, like when I'm looking at it, opens its mouth and swallows me. Mm. Wow. So I had this moment that I woke up then in from, you know, for wherever I was, and I was like, what was that? What was that? And I was already in a stage in my life that by that moment, that was already a few months after I started this journey. I knew that that was not just something, you know, and I, I was already aware that the universe tries to communicate with me. So I had that part, you know, if it was me back in Wall Street, I would think weird dream, uh, weird vision or whatever. But I was already in a stage that I wouldn't disregard that anymore. I would say this is a message. Yeah, I might not understand it, but this is a message. So I spoke to the teacher and I said, I know this is weird, but do you have an idea what, any slightly idea of what possibly this can mean? I saw this serpent was huge, opened the mouth, ate me, and it was so real. And she looks at me, smiles, and says, I don't know what it is, but there is one style of yoga that I don't know, but the symbol is a serpent. And it's called Kundalini Yoga. And I left that class typing on my iPhone, Kundalini Yoga Studios, you know. <laughs> and then I realized there were three around, you know, in Manhattan back in the day. And I saw, okay, I'm going to try to see what this is. Because there is something in here that I need to go check it out. Yeah. took me another three months, but I managed to go <laughs> to my first class.
0: So for someone who's listening who does not know what kundalini yoga is and how it's different from perhaps a vinyasa yoga class that they may have been to give us the give us the elevator pitch of what kundalini wow. yoga is
1: Um is it is, is the diamonds of yoga I would say I yoga. like that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's a mix of everything. And that's what I think is so powerful about it. You're gonna do some hatha asanas, you know. You're gonna do some bhakti chantings and devotion, you know. So it's a it's a yoga of awareness that it will increase the awareness that you have physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, using all. Using knowledge from all from all different branches of yoga, because I think people don't know, but there are many styles of yoga, more than twenty styles of yoga, you know, and he uses in a very um, pointed manner, very prescriptive manner, you know, using all your capacity, not only the physical, but the energetic, the mental, and the spiritual. You know to bring that awareness. So yes, you're gonna do asanas. Yes, you're gonna chant. Yes, you're gonna do some movements. You know, but basically what we are doing, we are tuning in the most magnificent computer ever created in you know in the universe, which is is the human body. You know, and by doing all these different things, we're gonna be, you know, um, increasing awareness of our our being um so kundalini yoga is 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 this type of yoga that we use many different branches of yoga it's like a mix of everything it is it's the diamond of yoga you know it's like a diamond of yoga in a sense so that's usually what i explain
0: yeah such a beautiful way to describe it the diamond of yoga i love that So you go to your first classes and then you're obviously completely connected to what's happening in in some way. You're drawn further in. And so then you decide to become a teacher.
1: Well, so this is how it happened. First, I found that everything was very weird. Let yeah. me just put that out there because I don't think yeah. there is one single person that's going to go to a Kundalini Yoga studio and just say, oh, yes, everything accepted. Just totally. totally. You know? mm-hmm. I stepped on my feet on Golden Bridge, New York, and I'm like, whoa, they are weird. <laughs> and everybody had their turban and everybody was in white. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. But I was determined as a good Capricorn to understand what my dream was trying to tell me, what that vision yeah. was. And as soon as they did the connection mantra, as soon as I started, and I barely could move, let's put that in perspective. I, I did a class mainly from a place of stillness because I couldn't do much of the movements, And I just felt the flowing of the energy because that's one of the things, during my pain process, when I said there were days that I would be laying down, everything hurt, Something broke, something cracked in me. So at, I was at a level back then that my sensitivity was already had already had some sort of a quantum leap. Mm-hmm. So I I was this super skeptical person, yeah, whatever, energy, this is BS, to so being in a bed, not understanding how much pain I was like, not not being able to cope with the pain, but at the same time. I start feeling my la- my energetic layers. Now, I didn't even have the vocabulary to talk about that. Sure. I had no idea what that was. But I remember looking at my arms and my fingers and saying, like, why is this so funny? Why, why can I feel all, like, I could feel things that I couldn't see it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was very confused. So when I did my first Kundalini Yoga class, I could feel the energy moving. And I understood that that was not, you know, I think every soul has a path that's going to click more than others, you know. So for some people, hatha will be absolutely what they have to pursue and dedicate their lives to it. For other person, it will be ashtanga. For me, it's kundalini. Yeah. Because as soon as I did that practice, I could feel exactly... Where the energy was being directed, I could feel exactly what was being worked on. Like there was such a resonance with my soul that was like, vroom, I got married to it right away. Yeah, and and, uh, and at that very first class, I understood why I was in pain because up to that moment, as I was diving into the mind. Because when I understood through the Doctor Sarno's book the capacity that my mind had to create a physical, you know, pain, I was like, "Wow, the mind is incredible! I need to learn more." So I was very focusing in tapping and understanding the mind, but I had missed one important point, which was the soul. So when I went to my Kundalini yoga class, I understood that my physical pain was created because. Never before that class, I was one with myself. I was my body, my mind, and my soul together in unison. Mm. So my pain was a result of being so separate. And in a few classes, I had no more pain. It just went away. You know, the more I united those three aspects of myself, the better I felt. And I was running a few classes after.
0: Amazing. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it's incredible. And I I love that you spoke about that. It is the first time you go to a Kundalini class for most people. It is weird. You have to find your way in and, and get very, very comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's so different. It's just so different. And then once but if it if it's speaking to you, and as you said, if it's the if it is the yoga for you, you'll pretty quickly find that okay, it's weird, but I'm I'm here for it. I'm into right. it.
1: Yeah, I feel good after. Makes me feel good, so I really don't care.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back again and again, yeah. and then I'm going to teach this. So tell me about your training.
1: So I so so again, very capricorn of me. I was determined to go back to Wall Street. Even though everything was happening, wow. I wanted to yeah. go back because I had a career that I wanted to continue, go up the ladder. So, but but I also understood that Kundalini needed to be a part of my life because of the impact I had had so far.
0: Sure.
1: So I figured that as a good gift to finish my sabbatical would be to give myself a teacher's training so I can be taking care of myself. I didn't went to training to teach. I went to training so I learned enough and I can k- take care of myself. That's all I thought about it. Well, as you start the training, as you probably experience, you be- you are one person when you begin and you finish as another. Mm-hmm. So d- during my, my training, it was extremely intense. Um, I had many moments that I would say, oh, my God, I knew all that like i don't know if you felt that during your training but a lot of the things that were being taught to me somehow i felt i knew that or just made so much sense that i was like oh i would never think otherwise you know um and towards the end of it a friend started asking me to teach and another friend asked me to teach and i'm still not wanting to teach like as I do now full-time. So I'm looking at work. I'm looking and teaching on the side. Then I get a job at a studio that was right next to the place I was uh, was interviewing. Because I was interviewing again in Wall Street. I was going back. I was determined. And then I signed the contract to go back and do wealth management. And that day, my back pain came back.
0: Oh, the universe is like, ah, hello. No, you're not taking that job.
1: You're not doing that. And I was desperate because how I'm going to explain to my husband and, and, you know, my family that I'm going to quit for good this great paying job, you know, and again, changed my career. Because remember, I was a biotechnologist. I worked in, 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 in biotech. Then I changed to Wall Street. And then again, I'm going to change it to that yoga. I'm like, people going to think I lost my mind. So it, so I, <laughs> I signed the contract. Then I went and I canceled the sign. And I said, I'm so sorry. You don't want to hire me. I'm not going to be that worker that you know. Because it was a, a group of uh, co-workers that worked with me before. And I said, I'm not going to be like that anymore because this is no longer my passion. And I need to have that passion for what I do. It's like yeah. the moon, the cancer it has to have some sort of alignment, you know. And then I went home and I said, what do I do? How do I explain to people? And that's sadhana, 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 sadhana. Because I need to find a way out. And eventually I told everybody. And eventually everybody came and tried to do um intervention you know no this is not what you should do you can always do this on the side and I'm like you don't understand my body is not allowing me to do it I will not be able to sit
0: yeah they're like trying to intervene and in the meantime you're having this like spiritual like full body awakening and intervention yeah and 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 you're like I know I have to go this direction and you're not going to understand it today, but it, it will make sense. Right.
1: Right. And, um, and then I did it and I, and then, and then was like, and then what, and then what do I start teaching in studios? Do I, you know, first of all, Kundalini is not even the type of yoga that people just teach in any studio, you know, like, I was like, what am I going to do? So I had to take some time and kind of like, Figured out what am I gonna recreate here? How I'm gonna reinvent myself again? Uh, <laughs> you know, and um, and and then you know, and then I start to looking for what to do. And all of this is very well explained when you realize that my my uh, I was having a uh, Pluto touching my Mars. So Pluto was right when while everything is happening because Pluto moves so slowly, right? I had Pluto on top of my Mars,
0: mm.
1: you know, which is how I put my career out. It's how the energy, how I, you know, I, I show to the world my 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 work p- potential. And here there was the destruction power of Pluto trying to make me rebirth something new. You know? Yeah. So,
0: so what advice would you give to someone who's hearing your story and they're thinking, "Oh, that is me. I'm in a career that does not work for me and maybe it hasn't yet manifested in physical pain, but it is causing it's causing internal struggle in some way." And they are hearing your story and they're thinking, "Oh, well, how do I how do I even begin to step into becoming my own teacher how do i bow to the teacher within how do i honor myself as the guru what's your what's your advice to that person
1: sadhana (laughs) but to those that don't know what sadhana is sadhana is the moment of the day that you take for yourself to connect to your soul and you can do that in many ways some people do like me a kundalini yoga practice meditation breathing you know um because your soul knows the way, our soul knows the path. What is causing the confusion is the mind trying to take over control over the soul.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, in order for we go, in order for us to go through moments like that, you need to train your mind to put itself in place, which is in the back seat of your car, and. Let your soul be the driver because the soul is connected to the cosmos and knows how to work through any sort of challenge. So for anybody who is going through it, it's to understand that um, you, within you there is the power, but you do need, because we, at least I would say most of us, I guess, have never trained the mind. We have a wild monkey running, bouncing around thinking that knows everything when it really doesn't. So I would say find the practice that is your practice. It doesn't have to be Kundalini Yoga, right? But find a practice where you're going to have the tools to start taming your mind. And find a practice that will connect you to your soul so you start recognizing when your soul speaks to you because the soul, unlike the mind speaks very soft, you know, it speaks very gently. The mind is very loud. It's very rude sometimes, you know? (laughs) Um, So you need to work enough on your sensibility to be able to discern between one and the other or be even ready to hear the soul. So I would just say, for a practice doesn't have to be kundalini yoga kundalini yoga is great if they ask you and me we're gonna say kundalini yoga all the way but but you know i know it's not for everyone so find your practice and uh create a routine because we have been disconnected from our soul for so long that we you know it's not a matter i'm gonna sit down and connect it doesn't quite work like that. It's something that has to be worked every day a little bit. So perhaps you're not used to meditation or breathing exercises. So start with the three minutes that we talk about it in Kundalini so much, right? Start with three minutes every day and, you know, um, it will flow. Consistent is key, you know, um, but start that connection so you can
0: know the unknown. Oh, yep. So beautiful. Yeah. And that that just take three minutes, take three minutes a day is such a beautiful place to start. Mm-hmm. Three minutes, we can do anything for three
1: minutes. We right. truly can. I'm sure. Just, you know, we can turn off the phone for three minutes before going to bed or wake up and wait a little bit um, before you start. So absolutely.
0: Yeah. So tell us about what is, when someone hears someone say that they've had a kundalini awakening, what what does that mean? And when you are experiencing that, how do you know that that's what's happening for you? So
1: I got this question just the other day again. I get it often. Sure. Uh, so what is a kundalini awakening? So kundalini is just an energy that we all have, men and women, um, that is located on the base of the spine. Um, It was very tangible for me when everything was happening because I felt literally burning in my back, which at the time I had no idea that that probably was what that, it was like some sort of activation that was happening, you know. Um, but, But Kundalini awakening is when finally that energy that is coiled in the base of your spine starts to flow or wants so bad to flow that you will experience a lot of things. Um, Honestly, if we look back a few thousand years ago, I would say that this energy was flowing in most people naturally because it is supposed to be natural but we have been living through this Kala Yuga, to this age of darkness for so long and we have been disconnected from the soul, from the spirit that unfortunately we believe it's it's supposed to be all coiled and restrained until it finally bursts up. I think the natural state of the Kundalini energy is to be free flowing, right? But it's not the case nowadays because we have been so disconnected from that part of ourselves but um so a kundalini awakening is when it finally starts flowing you know for people who haven't which is the majority of us because of the time we are living in um and, and um and then a lot of things can 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 unfold because basically through that uncoiling of this energy, through that flowing of this energy, we understand that we are a lot more than the physical body. But we are not taught that. We grow up. I can speak for myself, and at least a lot of people that live in the United States and Brazil, you know, we are taught that this is me. You know, this is my. Uh, you, You touch, you are your physical body. You have that attachment to it. We don't recognize the other layers of ourselves. We don't even recognize we have a mind for most of us. At least I didn't for such a long time. So when that energy starts flowing, it starts activating all those other more subtle parts of yourself that you are not, in my case, I was not even aware of it. So it was a very confusing time. Very scary time wasn't like beautiful unicorns flowing around. I was like, What is this? thing?" You know, it was very scary. Uh, so, so I think for most of people, it can be a little scary, but once you understand that that's a natural state of human beings, you know, and uh, it can flow in 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 homeostasis in harmony with your being, you know, and in fact. Once it starts flowing, it will help you to sync with the cosmos, will help you to sync with the universe, and things will start happening in your life. It's actually a beautiful moment. But there is a lot of misunderstanding because we grow up thinking we are just a physical body. So we have a hard time sometimes to adjust into this new reality.
0: Yeah. So for someone who wants to get into a kundalini practice, What's your recommendation on how to get started? So we talked about Sadhana and you can start with three minutes a day. And if you want to explore Kundalini in a a bit of a deeper way, what's your recommendation on how to get started?
1: So I think nowadays there's a lot of, there are a lot of ways to start. You know, um, I think uh, you can go to YouTube and take a look uh, at some teachings and some classes uh, in my book I talk a lot about that. you know I give a few tips of how to start it you know I give an introduction of so the book talks about my journey but then it's an introduction to Kundalini yoga and then are the practices that I did especially in the beginning of my journey. you know so I thought that those practices were very important in the beginning um, for anybody who is starting a spiritual journey. and, uh, and just just be kind with yourself. And understand that you don't have to have any sort of flexibility or any, you don't have to be in a particular shape to do any of this. Because, you know, and this is one thing that Gurmukh mentioned in my training, which was, imagine if somebody comes here without an arm. Can they not do ego eradicator? No, they can. Because the physical arm is not there, but the the, the energetic layers are there. The energetic, yeah. you know, imprint is there. So even if you think, oh, I have a bad knee, oh, I have a bad shoulder, oh, I cannot sit quietly, you know, all of this can be overcome. It's just a matter of do you want to try it or not? Because if you cannot move, don't worry, I didn't move at either in the beginning, you know. You know, I didn't move very well because I barely could move, anyways. Um, but as you train your mind to see beyond your physical body you understand that you have all those other layers within you those energetic layers that once you start doing the exercise even just in your mind they will respond you know so i would say try slowly be kind to yourself don't try to push it i think we have a lot of that on us because this, this especially in new york we had this like go get mentality you yeah. know so sometimes you just go too too fast, too hard at first so try to cool you know't don't, do don't, don't, don't think about it like that um, and 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 try a studio if you have close by, you know go with an open mind, you can read my book, you can go to the YouTube and you find some videos as well. you know and start slow. do it there are practice that are fifteen minutes you know and you can start right there.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And tell us the name of your book so those that are looking for it can get
1: it. So my book is called Satna, Becoming Your Own Guru. Beautiful. I thought that was, and Satna, for those that don't know, is truth is my identity. You know, my identity is the truth, the only truth. So I find a very powerful mantra. We all use it in Kundalini Yoga. And um, becoming your own guru is because that's one of the things we learn in Kundalini Yoga, right? The teacher is within. So
0: Beautiful. Okay. So I have five final questions for you. Okay. So the first one is tell us about an object or charm that is special to you.
1: Yes. So... It changes from time to time, but I have a few that have been important, you know. Um, Once I started in this journey, um, my crystals became very close to me. I sleep with them. I literally sleep with my crystals, okay, especially if I'm not in a very good day. I just like, oh, (laughs) I have some that I literally sleep with it. And then I have um, a necklace with my kids. Um, You know, and a key uh, that represents my husband. So yeah, I have been wearing them for like I don't know ten years now. So I think probably they are the ones that have my energy the closest because there's nothing stronger than the family. That you know, be that your family like I did it or your family with friends, you know. But um, but I always carry them with me. So
0: beautiful. Okay. What is a book that changed your
1: life? Oh, so many, but there is one that I like to tell people, especially for skepticals, especially for people that were just like me, you know, because being a scientist mind and how how I'm going to conciliate energy and spirituality with science. I, I had a conflict right at the beginning of my journey. So when I read the book, The Biology of Belief, from
0: Dr. Bruce Lipton. Oh, I love Dr. Bruce Lipton. Yep. Yeah.
1: So when I read his book, I was like, huh, okay. I can conciliate. Not only I can conciliate, like put it together, science and spirituality, but I can see in the future, the emerging. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. like science. And we say that I, I, I and I truly believe As we advance in this Aquarian age, science will become spiritual. There is no way around. Although right now we don't see it, you know, uh, because there is, we talk a lot about the quantum physics, right? People talk quantum physics here, quantum physics there. But guess what? That is quantum chemistry. That is quantum biology. It's gonna trickle down to all the sciences, and it's going to get into the biology, and eventually. You know, it's going to take some time, but but that book definitely changed my, it was very important to me because it put it in a language that, you know, he come, he's a molecular biologist, so uh, a PhD, and he, he spoke in a very scientific language, but very easy, very, uh, very accessible, but scientific language, and then he twisted for the spirituality and made completely sense to me, and I'm like, yes.
0: Uh, I have to, I have to read that one. I have not read that book and I've seen him speak before and was just completely blown away by his approach. So very much looking forward to that. Okay. Tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. Oh
1: my God. I feel I have lived already a few lifetimes in this one. <laughs> you know that's that's how I feel. But um, to me, when when I understood that there was this communication with the universe, when I start when when I was in bed, and I literally start feeling my energy. So I wouldn't be touching my, like, I wouldn't touch my shoulder and feel my shoulder. I would just come closer and feel the energy of my body by being far. And I had no words for it. That just changed me forever. Because, like, now I am experiencing something, which science and everything I studied so far never explained it to me. And it's real and it's happening. So so, so there is a disconnect. So that changed me because it basically took the floor. It, it, it cracked all my reality. So I had a, a vision of how the world should be and should work and should function. And yet I was experiencing something I had no words for it. So it just basically told me that that reality I lived in was very limited. And there was something beyond those walls. So that moment that I felt my own energy, that I could tell that there was something beyond my physical, you know, is when my reality cracked. Mm.
0: Yeah. Incredibly profound to go through something like that. I mean, it changed everything for you.
1: Everything. Everything.
0: So the fourth question is, what is something that you do for your health and wellness? We obviously know you do... A kundalini practice, but what else do you do for your health and wellness?
1: Yeah, so I always <laughs> wake up early to do my sadhana. Yes, I do yes. that. Um, I'm a swimmer. I have always been a swimmer. I, you know, I don't swim as much as I used before, but at least twice a week I go for a swim. You know, or bike. I, I do need to have the physical again. Is that Capricorn and Taurus? Um, so I so I do that. Um, I like to be close to nature I, I left new york i'm in ohio and i'm much more nature like surrounded by nature so that is very important i at least once a week i go for some sort of hike even if it's just in the park around here you know we have some reserves close by and i do that and i change and i watch a lot more what i eat because as my sensibility is tuning in and increasing i realize i i need the, the way I was eating before wasn't good, so I follow a lot of uh, the medical medium protocols. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of his protocols because they work fantastically for me. Like they, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely new after following his protocols.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll have to. I'll put. I'll put a link to the medical medium in the show notes for anyone who wants to check out those protocols.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right, and then the final question. Tell me about a moment you knew magic was real.
1: Ah, so as I was going through all that pain back in 2016, so many of those moments came to me. It was like one after the other. I was just experiencing things I could not explain over and over again. But I think the most, the deepest of them all was the serpent. Coming, you know, and the vision I had because it basically took me to Kundalini Yoga and changed my entire root of my life. So that vision wasn't simply something made up by my head, it was really a message. So I believe magic's real. And I tell my children all the time, you know, they're like, oh, X, Y, and Z person says magic doesn't exist. I'm like, they are wrong. They just don't know. It's really real. Don't let anybody tell you that magic does not exist. The universe is magical. We just live in a very limited reality, but we don't have to live like that.
0: So true. The magic is real. It is so real. So real. Okay. So for anyone who wants to further connect with you, find you, take classes with you, read your book, tell us where they can do all of those things.
1: So um, I have my website, danielamatosyoga.com. And my Instagram, I have danielamatos_yoga underscore yoga. I do teach a lot in Portuguese. So my Instagram has a lot of Portuguese uh, posts, but I try to do my best to do it in both languages. It's just sometimes uh, it happens that it comes more in one than the other. But I think those two would be the best places to con- connect with me.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Daniela. It's been such a treat getting to know you and to hear your story and to be with a fellow kundalini yoga sister.
1: Yes, Uh, it has been a pleasure, Andy. I'm glad you enjoyed your training and welcome to the kundalini world of teaching. It's beautiful. Let's be beacons of light. You know that the world needs so much and be the forklift. And um, thank you for the opportunity to be here.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. Satnam. Satnam. Thank you so much to Daniela for joining me. If this episode is resonating with you and you're interested in experiencing Kundalini Yoga, and want to do so in a way that supports your energy, vitality, radiance, and beauty, come and join me in my brand new course, Ageless Beauty, the Ancient Beauty Secrets of the Yogis. I also have a new class coming up in November. It's a Kundalini 101 course. So if this is brand new to you and you'd like to start from the beginning, Kundalini 101 will be a perfect intro for you if you've loved the show and would like to share it on social media, please do so. You can share it and tag us at your woo woo BFF. It means the world to us. It is the number one way to help us get the show out there in the world. We also love reading your reviews. And whenever we see them come across the podcast platforms, we also love sharing those in social media too. So feel free to tag us as often as you'd like. And if we see one of your reviews come through, we'll definitely be sharing that in social too. I'm Andy at Wee Wee Girl, And if you have questions or thoughts or ideas of ways we can continue to bring you more valuable resources, content, and information, feel free to reach out to us anytime. We have a couple of shows left this season. We have coming up next week, we have shauna of the soul frequency and she's going to be here on my show and then i'm actually going to be on her show as well so go take a listen to the episode next week to meet shauna of the soul frequency and then my bestie elsie is joining me on an episode that's being released on october 24th as a bonus episode we're going to be getting into our real life woo woo bff conversation so stay tuned for that and then we'll be wrapping up this season on October 28th with a solo episode. So if you've missed any episodes this season, you'll have a little bit of time before we're back for season two to get all caught up. We've got a couple of bonus episodes coming out between seasons one and two because we really just can't stay away for too long. With that, I am complete for today. Thank you so much for being with me. Much love. Have a magical rest of your fall season, and I'll see you back here super soon.